The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So, uh, welcome. Um, how many? Uh, how many were here last week? Okay, and and how many are here for the first time in this series this week? Okay. Um, so what we'll uh, I'll do a um, give some introduction to a, a guided uh, meditation, and then we'll do a meditation um, that uh, should should be helpful in un, unpacking, um, we could say, what anger is is made out of. You know, it's a little bit of a strange way to put it. What's anger made out of? Um, but part of our, our meditation practice is, uh, in working with anger, is to see what it's made out of. And... There are different ways of talking about this. Uh, the The Buddha gives various maps for, or, or different ways of cutting up the pie of experience. And so one of the classic ways is the five senses plus the mind, right? Which is one way we could say, okay, that's what, are, what experience is made out of. Uh, I'll provide uh, a different way of cutting up experience that comes from from uh, my teacher, uh, Shinzen Young. Um, and uh, these distinctions are helpful because um, what we call anger is really a tangle of different sensory experiences. Uh, and most specifically, a tangle of feeling in the body and thought in the mind. And then we could further distinguish thought as the mental images or mental pictures and then internal talk. So the three components that i i think are are most active in the experience of anger uh feeling in the body emotional type feeling in the body mental pictures and internal talk and there may there's of course much going on beneath consciousness, but our brain of course is involved in, in experience, involved certainly in the experience of anger, right? But at the level of what can be known in awareness, at the level of what how we experience anger, it's made out of emotion in the body, mental images, and internal talk. And when those three things tangle together or when they're ping-ponging off one another, which is really the experience of anger, is it's like we're bouncing from uh, a conversation, usually kind of like hostile tone. The thinking mind is, has a, you know, you know what the, the angry mind sounds like, Right? 
it's got a tone of voice, right? And it's really certain. There's not any ambiguity, right? There's not, it's not like um, we sort of wonder like, um, uh, we're not like, is he a total jerk? Or, you know, it's like, it's like, no, he's a, right? Internal talk, uh, mental images, um, various kinds might arise of the maybe the object of the anger or some image of relief or uh, retribution or whatever whatever may come up in the mind. Images often, and then a body that's on fire, really, you know, just just on fire. And actually the Buddha used an analogy, something like that, that that in the grips of aversion and ill will, it's like the body's uh, a boiling cauldron. These tangle together and create the conclusions of they're wrong, this is, you know, this has to change, I need to get, I need to make them suffer, out of those three things, feel, image, and talk, comes the tangle. Uh, but if we can learn to actually uh, untangle, if we can learn to take apart anger, to start to um, sense it, its components, right? Which are these very simple, innocent-seeming things of feeling, image, and talk in the mind. But if we can start to take those apart and see how they create this whole song and dance and compel us into behavior that hurts others and hurts us ultimately, um, if we can untangle, we start to be able to manage that. It's like we take apart the experience of anger and it's a lot easier just to be uh, peaceful, maintain some steadiness of mind when we're dealing with just the experience of feeling in the body or just the internal talk, just the mental images. Um, added manageability is what a phrase my teachers used, rather than multiplicative overwhelm. (laughs) So multiplicative overwhelm, that's a really strange way that he put it, but talk, feel, and image all bouncing off one another, amping the other up till you reach a kind of crescendo, right? And we're bringing clarity and open-heartedness, mindfulness, equanimity to the, the, the direct experience of anger. And so as we uh, do some practice together, um, I just want to sensitize you to these three sensory gates. And then this week, during the week, um, experiment a bit. And I'll talk more about this in in the talk. But experiment. See, can can you pull apart the experience of anger in the moment 
so that you know its components rather than just the imperative of do something or something's wrong. Make sense? Yeah? Um, so I'll, I'll uh, go through the guided meditation. I Usually I like to have more time to do this and more... T- um, it's not, it, it, people don't always, it's not always intuitive the first time hearing it. Um, but I, in the guidance, I want to try to um, sensitize you to, to these three very simple, they're so simple that we overlook them, but very simple experience. Feeling in the body, emotional type sensations in the body, often felt across the the front axis of the body, in the face, the throat, the chest, the belly. Internal talk in the mind, which people often have a sense is sort of up in the head, kind of the way people perceive it is sort of that it's sort of between the ears often. That's where people, if they had to localize it and say, this is where I hear my thinking, people would often say sort of hearish, But this is individual. You can see where it is for you. And then mental images, which are often very fleeting, very quick. Um, they just arise and f- pass away quickly. But um, they're meaningful in our, in our subjective life. So, um, yeah, finding a posture that feels sustainable. Coming into some settledness in the body. Finding some some balance of relaxation and alertness. Relaxing whatever can be relaxed. Maybe the area around the eyes or the jaw, shoulders, belly. And if any tension remains, allow it to remain. 
we might say that meditation is the practice of deeply honoring what it's like to be human. to just let ourselves be, leave ourselves alone, we might say. Let the world be, leave the world alone. First, uh, bringing some attention to any places in the body where you tend to experience emotion, emotional type sensations. This is often along the front axis of the body, but might be broadly across the body, might be centered in certain places. And so, for example, if we heard a loud noise right now, suddenly we would all probably register a reaction in the body. So just imagining how you might feel that, that may cue you into kinds of centers of emotional sensation in the body. Anger, fear, sadness, joy, love, gratitude, humor, all of these things we could say have a fingerprint in the body. If you're enjoying this meditation, 
very likely pleasant sensations, emotional sensations in the body. If you're irritated or impatient with the meditation, this too has a fingerprint in the body. You might be able to name what you're feeling quite clearly, and you might not. It's either way is fine. The emotion in the body might be quite strong or quite subtle, or feel like it's idling almost, not much going on. Nothing's right and nothing's wrong. Just uh, connect with this experience of uh, the uh, emotional circuits in the body. Sometimes there's um, some sense of stability in the feeling in the body, but often sense of the feeling flowing and morphing. It 
constellation of feelings, points of feeling that shift and change. Spring up and pass away. And if we were really angry in this moment, we would very likely be experiencing a great deal of this emotional type sensation in the body. And if those sensations could speak, they would be begging us to do something. To act out, to act in. They would make a bargain with us saying, if you do something, I'll leave you alone. But our practice is to bring our relaxation and curiosity and open-heartedness to sensation. So this is feeling our emotional life. Now we can let go of that and bring some attention to the head, often between the ears or towards the back of the head. It's actually a spatial location where we hear, have the experience of hearing internal talk, what we normally just call thinking.
And that voice, that inner voice, has been with us so long, so familiar, so cozy in a way, that we often no longer recognize it as just an inner voice, just a thought. barely even there. Now we get to listen to it, not live in the thought world, not live in the bubble of a thought, but actually hear a thought in the same way we hear a car passing. And this is tricky because thoughts have a kind of gravitational pull to them. And they're very sticky and we get identified We take birth in a bubble of thought without knowing it. But now we're trying to listen, to listen to our thinking. If we were furious right now, that inner voice would very likely be quite loud. The tone would be abrasive.
it would be quite certain of itself. So feeling in the body and internal talk in the mind. And then lastly, uh, bring some attention to uh, the area, sort of um, perceive it in front of or behind the closed eyes. It's often a kind of blank screen. And against this blank screen, which may be sort of dark or bright or a mixture of darkness and brightness. Against this screen, we uh, perceive images often. So you might have the image of the route you took to get here tonight, an image of the room, what's in front of you, your body, where the voice is coming from, me up here. And sometimes these images stick around but often are quite fleeting but are uh, the second half of think the thinking process. There's the inner talk and then images. So for just a couple minutes, we'll see if we can bring mindfulness to this imaging process. Just seeing images arise and pass away.
If we were angry right now, very likely the imagery would be related to the object of anger. Feeling, talk, and image. The three strands that create the subjective experience of anger. We're learning to untangle, to bring mindfulness, wisdom, love to each experience. And we only lose it when the power of the feel, image, or talk is greater than the power of the mindfulness. So we come together to practice mindfulness for our benefit and the benefit of all beings. 